Let's get hyped. Welcome back to the Husker Hypecast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts, Brian Christofferson. We sat out the bye week. There wasn't much to get hyped about unless you really, really spent some time watching Kansas versus Texas on Saturday. Maybe you really like that result. I don't know. What, what Did you guys watch a lot of college football this past Saturday? I, I watched about three quarters of uh, Penn State, Michigan, and that was it. I don't think I watched. I fell asleep watching something like late in, late at night. I, I don't even remember which game it like was. Police chases? No. It was – who was the late Big Ten game? Supermarket sweep? Who was the late Big Ten game this week? Uh, the late one would have been was, – was there even one? It's November. They don't always do night games. Uh, whoever it was, I fell asleep and the game was over when I woke up. So that was as excited as I got with uh, the college football this past weekend. Maybe you were watching Rutgers, Indiana, because that's what you wanted to do with your life. <laughs> that would have put me to sleep. I could. BC, did you watch any football this weekend? I watched uh... – Yes, I did. I watched Iowa, Minnesota, and Iowa, Iowa did it and found a way to win despite getting out yarded by 130 yards, having 12 first downs. I don't know. I wrote it down. They had 71 yards rushing. It's a it's amazing how that that team manages to to find the W's, but they do. All right. Well, we'll see uh, here in a couple weeks if they can find a W in Lincoln. But before we get there, Nebraska will be in Madison this weekend, taking on Wisconsin. And we on the Hypecast will do our very best to get you excited for this contest. All right, no special guest this week. Our special guest has to coach in a state football championship, so apparently he could not make time for us. So you guys can figure out who that is by process of elimination. He promises that he will join for a regular podcast in the off season, if we should extend the invitation. So we'll uh, potentially take them up on that when the time comes. All right, let's, uh, let's just go ahead. We're going to probably spend a little bit more time on the offensive side of the ball, I suppose, because quite frankly, that's where things are the most interesting. Uh, and we'll start with Brian Christopherson. Brian, do you, I guess in a, in a, 10-day stretch or whatever where you're you're looking at an entirely different offensive coaching staff made up of people who weren't in full-time roles as of two weeks ago. Do you expect Nebraska to do much differently against Wisconsin on Saturday? Uh, no. I, I would guess they might, might have a, a couple tricks up their sleeves, but as far as the, the basics – of their offense. I expect it's going to be pretty much what we've seen before. Um, I, now I have in my mind been entertained by the idea of a, a makeshift Husker staff, like suddenly Nebraska's throwing darts out there and they score 41 points against Wisconsin. And you see the ideas that Steve Cooper and Steven DeMeo and Ron Brown have put up behind the scenes, just like have uh, Wisconsin completely flustered. But I sort of uh, do not expect that. No, I, I think it's going to be a real scuffle. And I think they're going to have to – it's going to have to be a game where they avoid three and outs, though. And this is Captain Obvious stuff, but follow – I'll keep going with it. 
where you get like two first downs and even if the drive stalls, you take advantage of that situation and your punter actually pins them deep on the 15 or 10 yard line, as opposed to a shank or something like that. This has to be a real estate game, I think. And you need to uh, not be the team that goes out there, loses three yards on three plays. And then Wisconsin has the ball on their own 45 yard line, that type of thing. Yeah. Run. Oh, did, did you want to add to it or do you want a different prompt? Uh, well, I was going to add to it and just say that Nebraska is not very good at real estate games. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I mean, yeah. New prompt. New prompt. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me. What do you got? The second prompt. And this is, I think, kind of fascinating. And it's why I don't think Nebraska fans should just give up for Saturday's game. In 2018 and 2019, the Huskers combined put up more than 1,000 yards against Wisconsin's defense. And for an offense that has often struggled to score points, they've moved the ball very well against Wisconsin each of those two years, and they did it two different ways. They obviously didn't play Wisconsin in 2020. The game was canceled because of COVID. But, Brunch, do you – I guess, do you think that those sort of results in 2018 and 2019 – and keep in mind – in 2019, Wisconsin came in with one of the best rush defenses in the country. And Nebraska ran for, I think, more than 250 yards. I don't have the exact amount in my head. But do, do you think there's just something inherent about Scott Frost's offense that seems to counteract what Wisconsin's good at on defense? Scott Frost talked about that a little bit this week. And, like, apparently they had found, they'd found a glitch. Like, they found something that – Payroll? Yes. And they and Wisconsin has apparently fixed the glitch, and the it's going to take Nebraska finding something, some kind of advantage, some kind of crease or something like that, and in, in the um, in the Wisconsin defense, I think, to really move the ball. Um, I'm I'm eager in this game, and here's here's what I'm actually most intrigued by. So you have aside from Sean Becton, a completely different group of assistant coaches handling rotations and personnel. And I'm curious to see if the personnel that we see and how frequently we see them is any different than what we have seen in the prior 10 games of the season. Because, I mean, it it seems like, you know, it's not going to be a throw caution to the wind type game like the 2014 holiday bowl but I, I do think that there's an opportunity for nebraska to, to throw some different looks at them and i think that you know if they're able to do that i think that they can kind of move the ball on on, on wisconsin a bit i that that game in 2019 i mean that that was the reason that everybody was so high on Dedrick mills was that he was just carving up that wisconsin defense even though it didn't really amount for much in terms of points but I mean, that, that was notable that Nebraska was able to, to really kind of do whatever they wanted that day against Wisconsin's defense. We'll dive into We're going to stay with, with offense for another one here, and we'll give it to, to Brian. Where, where would you sort of look for Nebraska to try to attack? Because we, we talked about it in terms of in, in 2018, they threw for 300-plus for yards and. 2019 they were able to run the ball obviously this rushing offense is really boom or bust uh but where where do you sort of see if, if nebraska is going to try to attack where what advantages could you 
spot or, or you think might be out there for Nebraska on offense? I think, I think always think this every week, but it hasn't happened as much as I'd like to see, but I think tight ends, like I, I think you've got guys there that you can uh, really create mismatches with against in the middle of Wisconsin's defense. And um, if Nebraska is going to pull off an upset, I think a game like this is where Austin Allen pops up for like six or seven catches, you know, it just suddenly happens. And it's like, he's really involved all the time and uh, is a problem for him. And it, they, they need something like that to happen. Um, you know, obviously you have to have some semblance of a running game to go with that. And that's uh, sort of to what Bruns was talking about. It's football's interesting in that sometimes you go into a game and you're like, ah, there's no way they're going to be able to do anything there. And then like we've said against Wisconsin in the past, Nebraska actually has dented them more than most teams that go against the Badgers have in recent years. And so I at least always leave open the possibility that the O-line comes out there and, and fires off something you don't expect and they get a little something going on the ground. But I do think you need Austin Allen to have a big game and Travis Vokalot. Wisconsin's defense coming in first in the country in rush defense, second in pass defense, first in total defense, and second in scoring defense. So there's that. First and third down defense, too. Yeah. Feels like they're due for a letdown game. (laughs) That's what what that says. Honestly, I would not be surprised if Nebraska is able to to pile up yardage on them. I, I, I won't sit here and predict points because I'm not an idiot. I've watched Nebraska play, but I, I think that they're going to be able to move the ball yardage wise because they've done it, and I think they have a you know, I think they have a pretty good understanding of how to attack this defense and maybe ways that they struggle with other defenses. But I, I like Nebraska's offense more than most would think coming into a game where you're down four assistant coaches and uh, you know, you're a three and 17. All right. We'll move over to the other side of the ball and uh, we will, we'll start with Brunts on this one. Where does Graham Mertz rank in the pantheon of bad Wisconsin quarterbacks ahead of Alex Hornibrook and behind Joel Stave or is Danny O'Brien's name invoked here? Where, where is Graham Mertz? I'm trying to think who's like the, the Abe Lincoln of that would it be like Jim Sorgi. I mean, he could be. Is it is it the Brett Bollinger guy? Didn't could they have be. a Bollinger? Bollinger, yeah. Hmm. I I'll say this: Graham Mertz was not good at the start of the season. I don't know if he's good now, but he's playing well, and he's he's settled very nicely. And and you've kind of seen in some ways this trans transition from like very like coveted five-star quarterback to game manager over the course of the year and guy who throws to tight ends on third down. Like they, they found him easy throws and if it's third and short that they're, that they're, they've got, I, I feel confident that Graham Mertz can keep it between the ditches, but I, I he's fine. I mean, I, I think he, he's more than capable of, winning games with uh, the type of run offense that Wisconsin is currently employing with a kid that I believe I've heard about nine times this week as like 13 years old. <laughs> He's 17. <laughs> it has been hotly debated. All right, Brian, what, what uh, 
areas do you think Nebraska can match up well with Wisconsin here? Well, if you look at Wisconsin the last <laughs> four or five weeks, nobody's nobody's made Mertz have to, you know, put the heat on him. When he's had the pressure on him, he has not been good like you were getting to. Um, I think back to <laughs> – where were we at? We were in East Lansing. We were in East Lansing sitting in a sports bar. Was that when they were playing Notre Dame? Sure and was. And he went 18 for 41 for 240 yards, one touchdown to four interceptions. And we're like, what the heck is that? And his old line couldn't block anything. And I mean, so if Nebraska can do the sort of job, like shows up with the intensity they had on run defense, like they did against Kenneth Walker, and you put together a game like that where it's third down and six often enough and Graham Mertz has to make throws in those situations as opposed to it's second and five and you can he can get the easy stuff that Bruns was talking about, then Nebraska will have a very good chance in this game if, if they put the game on the arm of Graham Mertz and he has to make big throws. Now, he could go off and, and do it. Like, uh, you know. Uh, Tanner Morgan from Minnesota hasn't had a lights out year, but then all of a sudden against in the first half against Nebraska, he can't miss, you know, and he's, you're making it too easy. So um, I, I think it's all comes down to run defense. It's an obvious thing, but if you can force this to be a tough down and distance game for Wisconsin, their third down offense is ranked 117th in the country and worst in the big 10. So they're not good in those situations when they have to, when they when their backs to the wall i am I, i'm kind of curious how you guys feel about this does it not kind of feel like nebraska's strategy on defense is generally to allow a little bit of cushion make quarterbacks drive down the field on you if they're going to pass is this not the kind of game where you expect to see a little bit more pressure from your defensive backs and try to allow them to win one-on-one -on -one against wisconsin's wide receivers just because it just feels like if you give him easy throws, he's going to be willing to take them in much the same vein that Tanner Morgan and Archer Sikowski did. Yeah, I think – I don't think there's much you should be afraid of. I mean, the guy that I think scares me the most on their offense in the passing game is Jake Ferguson on Nebraska's linebackers. Nebraska has not covered tight ends particularly well this season, especially on those leak plays. My God. Um, but I, I think – I think this is the, the type of game that you could press a little bit more than what Nebraska's done. I think, too, I'm eager to see how the defense functions without JoJo Doman. Um, that, that's going to be a huge loss. I don't know that it's necessarily just going to be Isaac Gifford in there for him. But, I mean, if you can get, you know, Wisconsin in third and long, like BC said, I think you can, you can definitely do some things, press, whatever. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, we haven't really seen that much at all. From, from Eric Shenander's defense. I mean, I, I think that they're kind of more than willing to give up the short throws. I'm, I'm Like I said, I'm more curious to see how Nebraska can cover Ferguson because I think that's a little bit tougher matchup. All right. It is oddly specific prediction time. Are you guys ready? Yes. Okay. It didn't sound like a confident yes, but we're going to start anyways. BC, what do you got? Uh, Samori Toure will catch another bomb for a touchdown. Uh, it's going to be tough sledding on offense, I think. So don't take this to mean it's going to be uh, just fireworks. But I do think there will be that play where they hit him for 59 yards and he 
not only does he score, but it's kind of a dramatic score where he's getting tackled, kind of reaches out for the pylon. You worry that he might almost fumble it through the end zone. We got to like look up to see to make sure he didn't fumble it through the end zone, but they called a touchdown. Brunts? I think, I think Wisconsin is going to commit three turnovers in Saturday's game. I think you're going to see two picks by Graham Mertz, one off of a batted pass. Uh, oh. Another uh, where he throws it to a spot where there's no receiver there. It's just a Nebraska defender waiting with open arms. Probably Quentin, <laughs> News- probably Quentin Newsom. I don't know that for sure, but I'm guessing it's going to be Quentin Newsom that's going to get the pick. Uh, and then you get a fumble in there somehow uh, for the third turnover. That does not guarantee any kind of Nebraska win whatsoever. However, I do think Nebraska is able to be a little bit opportunistic uh, on Saturday in Madison. I am going to offer several oddly specific predictions as I craft a scenario here. So stick with me. Nebraska will receive the opening kick. It will be a touchback. They will proceed to go on a 75-yard drive and score. And let's say the score is a seven-yard Ramir Johnson run. I'm not sure why that is what happens, but let's say it is. And then they'll miss the extra point. They'll lead <laughs> six to nothing to start the game on Saturday. All right, picks to click. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first. I'm I'm going to go with a guy who's done it twice against Wisconsin. I'm going to say Adrian Martinez has another good game. I I think he'll be a little bit healthier off the bye week. Uh, he somehow managed to be more spry in the fourth quarter against Ohio State than he had been in the previous three. Uh, not sure how exactly that happened, but it did. And I think Adrian will play well against this Wisconsin defense. I'm going Adrian Martinez. Front. Um, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with my guy. I'm going Austin Allen again. His he guy. Got, he, he had some time to think about his future during uh, the bi- second bye week. And I think he's going to come out and put on a show. Um, I think you're going to see at least one touchdown to Austin Allen. I think he's going to make some big catches on third down. So I, I think uh, I'm going to go with, with Austin Allen um, as, as a uh, matchup difficulty for Wisconsin. Have you talked to Austin about your need for him to return so you can continue to use him in this segment? I, there's still next week. I didn't want to put all the pressure on him this week. Okay, that's nice of you. BC? Bruns has to pick Nebraska at this point, right? I mean, he said they're going to create three turnovers. Austin Allen's going to put on a show. Where's his words? He's got to pick the Oscars. Or Um, (laughs) he basically is just going to somehow pick Wisconsin to win like 35 to 21. Yeah, that's probably what's happening. Okay, I'll say say a big Damian Daniels. That's not going out on a limb. Um, I think think Nebraska's run defense – uh, makes this an alleyway fight that goes to the end. And I think uh, Damian Daniels is going to be wrecking shop. I, I just think he's, you know, if you could have one guy back who's a junior, um, he'd maybe be near the, he'd probably be at the top of my list, to be honest. Um, I don't know that he's going to come back or not, but uh, Damian Daniels, big game. I'm not even saying statistically wise, but it's going to be one of those deals where everybody realizes he's just an annoyance for Wisconsin. All right, uh, let's get to prediction time. I think we're all waiting to see what Michael Brunts is going to do. 
Yeah, I I think it's going to be a tight game. I don't the basically the whole all the new faces on offense scare me a little bit on the coaching staff. Um, I do think they will rally a little bit, but I do think that Wisconsin is able to to pull out a late one at home. I'm going to say Wisconsin 26, Nebraska 20. BC. I'm going to pick Wisconsin. I think Nebraska is going to beat Iowa. I'll already say that. I think they're going to end up 4-8. and eight. But I, I, I'll i say 22-17 to 17 Wisconsin. Um, but I would not be shocked at all if Nebraska, if this was – if they got this one. I wouldn't. I, I, I think they're going to go up there and play well. I'll be really surprised if they're not in, in it to the end. I, I think Wisconsin has enough deficiencies – that have sort of been covered up by the, the schedule working favorably for them of late. Um, and Nebraska's defense will make this, a, it'll, it'll be an intense game. Um, 22-17 Wisconsin decided by basically one, one bust on the defense that'll cost them, something like that. Runs with the T's, BC adds on to it, and Schaefer will pick Nebraska 19, Wisconsin 17. They're going to go get it done in Madison, which might only serve to infuriate people, but I don't know. I I have this weird feeling that Nebraska is going to come through on Saturday. I can't explain why. I have no idea why I should think this. Wisconsin has a great chance of being the team to represent in the, uh, the Big Ten West. And yet, I think Nebraska's defense is going to go play well. I think Nebraska's offense can put up just enough points. And that even includes a missed extra point that's going to happen right <laughs> on the first touchdown of the game. They won't convert a two-point conversion later, but they will win 19-17. The Huskers get it done. And, oh. uh, yeah, that's uh, any, any final thoughts? Anything anyone wants to add before we depart here on Friday morning at 4.30 a.m.? It's a lot to take in. I, I wasn't uh, – I, I don't need coffee now. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped up from that prediction, Schaefer. Yep. I'm ready to run through a wall. Sometimes you got to be bold, I suppose. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate everyone uh, paying attention, listening in, and we will be back with one final Hypecast next week against Iowa. The last one for 2021. And uh, we'll see. Maybe uh, – Maybe we finally, after five years of doing this and Nebraska missing a bowl game all five years, maybe we're going to have to look at a different format in the offseason. <laughs> we'll discuss. But, uh, we'll, we'll get to that maybe next week. Be sure to check out the website, Husker 24-7. We'll have plenty of content from this game. We should have plenty of content from basketball as well. They have games Friday night and Sunday. And, of course, uh, there'll be recruiting. There'll be transfer portal talk. There'll be all sorts of things at Husker 24-7. So be sure to check that out. We'll catch you next week. Grab your VIP pass. We're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining. This is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1 back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.